What's up and welcome back to the kind of funny screencast. Of course, I am Tim Geddes making a rare appearance on the show. It's the one and only blessing at AOEA Jr. It's me. What up? We got the nitro rifle, Andy Cortez. That's kind of like a rare appearance for me, too. I guess that's true these days. Yeah. Yeah. These days. These days. And rounding out the group, we got the big daddy himself, Greg Miller. Rare appearance for me, too. That's true. That's true. But the big, Usually you know, it's you and some MCU idiot you found on the internet. Exactly. I guess you were on Loki twice this season. Yeah, I guess so that, yeah, that I did Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, I did Last of Us. Mm-hmm. If that anything, was this, the, the, back in the day, was this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My life's pulled together. I look better. like I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we had to get Greg on this because Invincible. Uh, you, I would say that you are the biggest Invincible fan I appreciate in that. the world. I, I, wow. I, I would wow. put my hand You know, there's the people who run an Invincible guys. podcast. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, like, at least, okay, you're the biggest Invincible fan in my world. You know what I mean? I appreciate that. Like, definitely no that. one that matters. has put more people onto this franchise than Thank Greg you. Miller. They're trying their hardest over there uh, at Amazon. They're doing it. I think they're, they're doing, doing it. it. We were in L.A. recently, and yeah. I saw a big-ass billboard for Invincible, and I was like, damn. Can you believe it? We made it. That's that cool. Is, that's really, really, really Only problem cool. is everybody's looking at their phones while they're driving. That is not going to see the billboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the pilots. <laughs> look down there. This one's for the pilots. <laughs> We're flying too low, sir. <laughs> of course, this is the kind of funny screencast. We each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. Uh, we've been doing a lot of episode by episode breakdowns of the latest Star Wars shows and Marvel shows. Uh, but Invincible is something very kind of core to the kind of funny ethos, I would say. As long as kind of funny has been around, we've been talking about Invincible and the fact that there's an amazing, amazing show out now on Amazon you can watch is pretty damn cool so of course we had to return to talk about it even though our schedules have been crazy crazy which is why here we are talking about episodes one two and three of season two so far our thoughts on everything of course you can get this on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com as a video you can get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast and we'll be right there for you or you can go above and beyond go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers James Hastings Casey Andrew and Nathan Lamoth have done. They don't need to hear the ads. They get the shows ad-free. They get a bunch of bonus content. It's great for everybody. Today we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, but I'll tell you about that later. Greg Miller, what's up? My question is, I forget. It's been a long time since I've been on an Invincible screencast. Are we just spoiling these first three episodes of season two? Not yes. talking about things going forward. Thank no, you. No spoilers going forward for the people that know what's happening because I've read the comics. Greg has read the comics. These two beautiful boys... Have not read. read the comic. Yeah. Don't have a clue. I've never read a comic in my life. I was offered the chance to read it, and I said, I feel like they're going to make a show about this in 11 years. So yeah. I didn't read it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, for me, I was driving the other day. I was like, I should read Invincible when I get home. I'm pretty sure I have Invincible. Then I went to my bookshelf. It was Watchmen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Similar yellow font. The yellow kind of. Kind of Did you read Watchmen? I think it was Invincible. I didn't read Watchmen either. No. <laughs> I got it for Christmas. I was like, I'll get around to this. Andy, never we, have around the, to uh, we have the omnibus at our apartment if you ever want. Omnibus. Oof. Oof. So much going on. <laughs> There's a lot going on. So, yeah, the, the idea here is uh, we will keep everything spoiler free. At the top, we'll just give our spoiler free impressions of what we're thinking so far, and then we'll make it clear. We're getting into spoiler talk, and we're going to talk about everything we've seen so far in episodes one, two, and three. But keeping it top level spoiler free, Greg Miller, what are you thinking of season two so far? Loving it. Uh, they again continue to kill this adaptation. You know, I think that you, you jump back to a famous kind of funny moment when we were on the morning show and they announced the movie and I flipped out and I screamed and I made, I 
made a whole rant to Seth Rogen about do not fuck this up. Don't fuck this movie up. And he was nice enough to respond on Twitter. We won't fuck it up. It became the show, obviously, right? And I know there's still the movie kind of in the work. No, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like not cast and not filming. No, no, no. no. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, but like last I heard, and I looked into this fairly recently, uh, is be- especially due to the success of the movie, same team being involved, Seth Rogen and all of them yeah. producing it. Um, and it was in a lot of pre-production, like to the point of almost being in production, okay. but then uh, strikes and everything else that happened. So I think that they're back on track to like Excellent. start actually moving forward. Chris Pratt is playing Mark's mom. As, as, as Seth Rogen is playing should. Donkey Kong. <laughs> He's wow. in here. Uh, they continue not to fuck up this series though. They continue to do it justice to make changes that I think are actually uh, for the betterment of the product uh, and keep me on my toes. Blessing. Yeah, I'm continually impressed by how this, as an animation, keeps me engaged as if I was watching a live action show. Like, the fact that they're able to hold on, like, what, a 45 minutes for an episode and have me engaged throughout, but then also have me, like, sitting on the edge of my seat for the reveals. The final reveal of episode three, legitimately, like, me not knowing what's about to happen, had me like, oh, shit, I did not see that coming, right? And I feel like I'm getting that episode per episode. Uh, The animation stepped up, which is huge. You know, I I know that was a big talking point for season one and season two. I've had zero complaints about how it looks. You know, I think the action's really fun. I think the, the amount of subject matter that we're getting in Invincible, where I feel like... It almost is the greatest hits of all the superhero stuff we have now, right? Because, like, we have plenty of superhero content about grief, whether it's WandaVision or whether it's, like, a lot of post-Endgame Marvel stuff, right? Like, grief is everywhere. Um, But I think the way that they're tackling it in Invincible feels genuine. It feels pretty cool. We have, like, you know, timeline stuff everywhere. We have different dimension stuff everywhere. Like, a lot of what Invincible is doing now feels like a greatest hits of what we're seeing all over the superhero world and knowing that it's based off the comic, right? That makes me think that the Invincible comic was just ahead of its time and the way it was doing it. But seeing it tackle all of those same things, but do it in a way that I think is clean, interesting, engaging, and has me, again, on the edge of my seat for all the reveals and what's happening. Like, I'm having a great time this season. Andy. Having an equally good time. I initially thought that the multiversal thing that happened in episode one because after episode one aired, the next day we came into work, and I was like, Tim, was that like a was that like a red herring? Like, were they just like, ah, just kidding, we're not doing multiversal stuff. That's just like, that was just us making you think we were changing kind of the direction of this story. I'm having a good time with it. I still have my issues with the animation and art style, and uh, I know a lot of it is wanting to stay true to the accuracy of how the comics look, going for the line art with the, you know, simple one shader or whatever, and... I have no problem with the animation or the movements. I think all the fight scenes are still very interesting and visually cool to watch. But uh, after watching some of Scott Pilgrim over the weekend, I know very, very different art styles, but I just kind of wish we had a bit more uh, like contrast and like shadows and stuff. But that's very, very, uh, getting very nitpicky. Um, I'm still really enjoying the cast. I'm enjoying the story and seeing where it's going. I... Yeah, I'm still super into it. I do think that um, apparently uh, Kirkman said that episodes four and eight are like especially insane. We'll see how that goes. I nothing can compare to me finishing episode one of season one of Invincible and having that feeling with the credits hit. You're like, what the fuck is about to happen in this show? Having that existential dread the whole time of Invincible season one, I thought was so key to that series where every episode there are more and more clues as to oh shit uh, mark's mom figuring out what omni-man really is up to and i enjoyed those little teases happening throughout um this is still keeping me interested though even though i feel like 
we, that big storyline of season one is largely done and we're kind of treading into new territory with new characters. Um, I'm still interested. I'm still digging the hell out of it. Timothy? Oh, yeah, man. I'm oh, so, yeah. so in love with this show. And it's crazy because I, I read through the entire comic uh, many, many years ago and, and loved it. And I you remember how it ends. No, I remember feeling a, a lot of what Let's I'm feeling. Let's just say you already know one of the final lines. Invincible. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I feel like uh, I'm experiencing a lot now watching the show of what I did reading through it the first time, which is an, an amazing sense of like, how are they doing this much so well and keeping me this engaged with this much new shit being thrown at you? And it's because we do have an understanding of the language of superheroes now that is like, like at this point, we're kind of experts in it all. Like we really, really understand it. But it's so impressive that the comic did this back then. Like it's a pretty by the book uh, adaptation of it all. Yeah. Like changes or like like um, updates. But like it, the comic this soon was this crazy. And that was the thing, you know. It's like a snake eating his tail thing, where you know Matt Kim from IGN uh, when they announced or talking about season two finally or whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, Multiverse is going to be a part of it. And he's like, oh, man, I'm sick of everybody. And I, I jumped in and did the, well, actually, Invincible was ahead of its time. And he was, we had a funny exchange about it. But it is crazy, like, the things Robert Kirkman and Invincible were doing back in 2006, 7, 8, 9, wherever it was. They're, like, so common. That's what, is, that's what cinema is right now for superheroes, right? Yeah, and, but it's just so impressive that, I mean, you know, season two, episode one of this show, and but then also just the book this quickly, too. It's like, yeah, we're getting into multiverse because that it is a universe of superheroes that we expect that to get there. They're just like, let's get there. Let's also get 10 million other things. Here's, here's a team. Here's a sub-team. Here's the new version of that team. Here's the uh, second version of this, this character, like you know like treating things like we expect superhero things to go but every new scene checking that sort of prime x-ray and saying oh that's that, oh, actor. It's that, person. Oh, it's that person i mean dude the voice cast is so stacked and they're not phoning it in it's like it's so impressive to hear so many amazing stars amazing talents like voice characters and really feel like they're giving their all and like trying to you said it feels like it's an animated show but because the the duration of it because of the subject matter it feels like you're watching like a more like hbo style show yeah. Yeah. like a live action drama uh, exactly and um it it feels like they're they're acting that way and they're treating it as if that that it matters that way and like you bringing up scott pilgrim i think that's another great example right now of that happening as well where it's like damn how do you have this cast for this it's so so crazy uh and then you compare that to something like what if where it's like yeah. hey they got you know sebastian stan but like <sighs> yeah, it yeah. doesn't it feels like lesser than it as he's opposed no to sterling like k brown adding to it crushing exactly it. Yeah. exactly it's like it's comforting to also knowing that this is going you know beat for beat adaptation of the comics because if it wasn't i would be like man i feel like i am one superhero show away from um superhero fatigue in the way that yeah it does feel like it's juggling a lot of stuff that has already been done and i could see like if it didn't go in a direction where it knew where it was landing or it was trying to like you know make its way toward towards some things watching this after watching both you know gen v and loki at the same time and then like also just watching all the stuff that i mentioned like the fact that yeah you're having um um invincible's bomb like do the aa thing right and dealing with those emotions which that scene was pretty cool too uh but you're having that you're having the Ang angstrom levy stuff and like him uh, from here on out Full spoilers. Gotcha. Sorry, I thought we were no, already no, in the spoilers. No, no, no. So these go. three episodes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just these three. So you're having Angstrom Levy do the thing, right? Where it's, he walks into a room and there's a bunch of them. And like, you know, that was cool as hell. But also watching that scene, I was like, all right, cool. Like I've seen this in Kang. Like I've seen this in, um, you know, Ant-Man, Quantumania. But and this also, is how you do it good. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I feel like they are doing it good. 
Um, but if it was like if I didn't know it was going beat for beat by the comic and the sure. comic had a direction, I'd be like, all right, like let's see if they're able to land this because I've seen this a million times now. That's why I thought it was initially a commentary on just kind of superhero. Everything has to have a multiverse. And when the episode ends with that machine breaking, and I was like, oh, this is just going to be a story about this one dude enacting revenge. This is going to be a season about how can this person get revenge? Because now this person is dealing with all of the memories and thoughts of the other selves and feels a like multiplied amount of anger. Yeah. And like um, this dude wants to kill Invincible for what happened to all the other selves of his or whatever. And I thought that that is going to put, they, they put the kibosh on like all the multiversal stuff there. Now this is just going to be a self-contained thing, but we're still getting hints here and there. So now I'm aware that it's not, it is very much going to deal with multiverse stuff. I think after rewatching season one of Invincible leading up to season two coming out, they are, they do such a masterful job story-wise of like planting little story seeds here right, and friends. there throughout the whole season. And it may just be a tiny little thing. And then you get a moment where you're like, Oh, what's that all about? Anyway, back to, back to the A, B and C plots that are actually happening. But mm. You'll remember that in seven episodes. And you'll remember this from season one now that we're watching season two. They're so good at that. And to clue you in on what I'm sure you assume, like that comic was the exact same way. Yeah. The comic would do these little teases and you wouldn't see it for months, if not a year, if not more. And if, and if I had any critique of the show versus the comic, right, it would be the fact that the cliffhanger you're left on at episode three, right? The reveal of, of course, Omni-Man being there or whatever feels so short compared to being in the comics. Cause in the comics, you know, you're waiting an issue every month. Right. And so I, it was, I was trying to do the research here real quick. And I think I might be a little bit wrong. I might be right though. I want to say it was like we had, it might've been volume three is where we last saw many men. And then we didn't see him till volume six, which is a lot of issues of a comic. Right. And I remember that turn of that page. You know, like, Holy shit. Wise? No, I mean, I have to look all that up and find it for you. Hmm. It's, they, they don't do it like episodes of TV. Wikipedia should have every issue of the comic telling me what's going on. They don't. Good yeah. idea. But I mean, dude, that reveal, it's been long enough that like, I, I rem once we saw the kind of fish guy, I was like, oh, I remember where this ends, but like, I didn't remember it happening that quickly. Yeah. So when it hit, I was like, oh, it's like, what a powerful end. And like, they just can do that. And even, uh, we were talking about this a little bit, but the, uh, um, the the Alan the alien little bit oh, where him getting like, the shit like kicked out of him so him. beautiful dude yeah just that, like that that's just from his girlfriend's perspective design, and like, just the music playing over it. so good but very very weird I don't know like when it, the episode just ends and like the credits hit like it felt like they were trying to do something and it didn't really work yeah, for I, me. legitimately I was like oh this went this went by way faster than I thought it would like it was this episode short and I checked the timeline I'm like oh no I'm halfway is it is this usually how it is? I let it keep going. I'm like, okay, this post credits is going long. Okay, it's just the rest of the episode. Like, I, what a weird way to, to format it. I thought it was mainly done that way because they had they gave him a separate introduction. They gave him the Alan the Alien version of the Invincible uh, mm -hmm. sort of title card sure. where we saw his name, we saw his little thing there, and it's like, oh, this is an Alan episode. And then it ends, so I thought that was just kind of like an in-joke way of saying like, all right, Alan's episode is over. Yeah. Let's go to. I was getting ready to turn off my TV. <laughs> I was, I was legit, legit like, all right, cool. I guess I'm done. I checked the timeline. I'm like, oh. Back to see a star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, besides that, like, I really, really enjoyed the the amount of stuff we got there from the Alan part, but then also just the rest of that episode. Like, it just, 
it's so content filled and content rich where I feel like there's so many plots and character storylines going on that do have that kind of thing of like the Mars storyline from season one that I remember talking to you, Andy, and you being like, I don't know, this episode kind of felt random, like it didn't fit. And now you see it all, yeah. and you're like, oh my God, like they built that and it totally makes sense in the way that this guy's acting and now, and it's fucking Ben Schwartz. The, the seed is growing, Tim. The seed yeah. is growing. It's, the, it's bearing fruit on the loom. That's an inside joke from us, from our multiverse that you'll have to understand mm -hmm. from a different show. Hope you can figure it out. Um, shout out timeline. I was going to say shout out to J.K. Simmons for like coming back here. We know he's going to kill it. He was also in Baldur's Gate 3, and he was awesome in that. He's just really damn good at his job. And I, I, Dude, the entire I don't know, cast, though. I, I guess I don't know why I'm like, I, I, I respect actors more whenever they jump into the world of video games and other stuff and sound like they care. Yeah, and I shouldn't. Like everybody wants, everybody wants to do a good job and perform and deliver a good performance. But to just see, uh, to listen to these lines and they're they seem so effortless. And this is just like breathing to him is being an awesome character with an awesome voice with great delivery. The whole cast is great. You're right, though. Peter Cullen. Oh, was, like, oh like, yeah. Prime. <laughs> Yeah, that was I a need y'all to understand the sound that I made when I heard this man's voice. Like I, I had to. I mean, of course, I knew it was him. I didn't even need to like look at the, <laughs> yeah, the X-ray thing, but I, I had to pause just to tell Gia, like, "Do you know who that is?" And she was like, "I, I have not absolutely not clue." And I'm like, "It's Optimus Prime," and I legit thought she was gonna. Wait, what know. character was he playing? The like Thaddeus. Thaddeus, the grandmaster you type. The guy who's like, talking to Alan in like the tube. He's like, his oh, boss gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And just the lines he was saying are so Optimus. It's just so like the all oh, living creatures. I'm like, oh, this is the best fucking thing. She had no idea though. I'm like, <laughs> why would I expect you to know that? But then like other people pop up and she like uh she recognized um Tatiana Maslani. Oh like, immediately. And I'm like, how the hell do you know her voice? Wait, who okay. was she? I don't know who she was. Um, she was I love the their... girlfriend of Alan. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I love yeah, I love their the guest section of the Wikipedia page because the guest section is Back. filled with actors upon actors. Before we talk about that, let me give you a real quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. There's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Looking ahead to Thanksgiving, you know the Lions are always playing next week. And they have Green Bay coming to town and the Lions are currently seven and a half point favorites. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code kinda funny new customers can bet five on the nfl thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl with code kinda funny the crown is yours Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In West Virginia, you can visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. You can call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boob Hill Casino and Resort, KS must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. You can see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Same thing for David Diggs, right? From oh, Hamilton, dude. Thomas yeah. Thomas Jefferson. As soon as he opened his mouth, like, yeah, all right, cool, here we go. And like I already said, but Sterling K. Brown being uh, Langstrom, who in Langstrom, I mean, Invincible is fantastic all the way through, but Langstrom, I think, is has always been my favorite arc mm. in terms of like uh, a villain to match Mark and what happens and where they go. I always love that. So on that, I'm curious for Andy, like 
at the start of the season where they start you off on the different timeline where Mark and, and his dad actually like take over everything. How that hit you? Because I was so fucking confused for like a good ten minutes. I was like, did I miss something? Did they? Did I skip an episode? Like, as somebody who didn't watch the Adam Eve standalone episode, oh and I, should. dude, I see it there, and I'm like, that's an hour though, and like I like I see it, and trust me, I like I you hover over it. You think? And I'm like, maybe is like, now these the lies time? of pee ain't gonna pee themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and and I thought maybe this was a thread from that show yeah. or this, and I had the same thought. Though. I was like, what the hell did I miss? Or is this a dream? Somebody's about to wake up. I had no idea either. I so on the Adam and Eve thing, I or Adam Eve, I like <laughs> I on the Adam and Eve thing. Let me tell you about the Genesis. Adam and Eve is where you find where you buy like dildos. Yeah. yeah. So when uh what week episode two when that was coming out or after that was out, I was gonna boot my TV up and watch that. And usually when I um watch Invincible or anything on Amazon, I tell my voice assistant, I'm like I won't say their name, but voice assistant, play Invincible. And I don't know why I legitimately thought you had like a voice acting coach assistant. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get what better. is happening right now <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to get on jk simmons level but i tell them to play invincible and this episode started i'm like all right cool new episode and the adam and eve or adam eve pop-up happened the title card and i was like oh standalone episode all right that's ballsy for episode two but cool let's do it i watched the entire episode and i went i have an invisible podcast i like to like to listen to it's the midnight boys where they recap a bunch of superhero stuff uh started listening to that episode and they do a recap of what happens in the episode and i started listening to their recap <laughs> Like, that is not what happened. And I, and I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? I was like, oh, I had to pause real quick. I was like, be the oh, angry shit. commenter. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? Um, but yeah, I had the same thing where I was like, man, what, and for episode one at the start, I was like, what's going on? And once I realized, and once they like, you know, make the full circle of, oh yeah, this is a different or different timeline situation. For me, who I'm starting to experience the um, multiverse fatigue real strong, that was a breath of fresh air because I was not expecting that. And the way they bring it, the way they start off on such a dire note where yeah, like, the timeline where Mark teamed up with his dad is so fucked up, and, like, you know, like, it is him on the screen being like, hey, dude, like, you know, we're trying to help, we're doing, we're doing this for you, like, if you want to resist, we'll fuck you up, but hey, it's for your good, like, I'm like, dude, this is real, like, Remember, this is you crazy. did this to yourself by fighting back, yeah. you destroyed your cities. And, and that's why I love even more the little hints we get from all these other characters saying, like, a Viltrumite? defied another Viltrumite like this guy defied his own father like Viltrumites don't fight each other that's why I love the surprise in that because it seems like a lot of other universes <laughs> may have had the outcome of Mark and his dad teaming up to yeah. just destroy I think everything. they implied that most universes have that outcome. yeah really really so cool. cool like Greg like for you I mean, you were talking about this a little bit, but yeah. having I read the comic through once, like you've read it through. And I remember you used to say, like, before a new chapter, the old out, days, you would like reread every, every trade. I'd reread all but the way up to the new. Trade. It's it's been a while, right? And I, and I look, I, I'm down there playing games at night. I look over and I see them, just all the g gorgeous. I didn't do, I don't do the compendiums. I do the the hardcover, you know, big ones, and I have them all laid out. And you go back and do a full reread. What's a what's a what's a trade? A trade is a trade paperback. Those. uh they're the collection of comics, you know what I mean, that have like the soft front and back, right? They're like, you know, you it's like a magazine a, format more so than I see. a single comic. Okay, so it know? contains multiples. Yeah, yeah. I think I forget six if it's four to 12, six, four depending. to six, usually. Yeah, yeah. yeah Learn something about comics, plus. Yeah, yeah I learned a lot. Uh, what was but, that podcast? But what, what are uh, some of the like the, the changes, changes that, you, that you've noticed? You know, it's, it's, 
for me always the littler things it's the order of things that are different right where you know uh, the them being in college and it not being about the dudes with the exploding chest and zombie bots and stuff that were more of it and i'm sure we've had teases of that coming back and we will it, it, for me i think the biggest change is where adam, adam eve is and remember how she did a whole thing in season one where she was like i feel like i could be going and feeding and stopping famine and da 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 and she did that in the comics where she went and she went to Africa and she set up a house there and she was just uh you know feeding people and doing all that stuff so taking that and keeping it domestic and doing like the whole like Chicago being an incident right like Omni Omni Man and Invincible kind of destroyed that place like Metropolis and Batman for Superman or any of a number of natural disasters or, or Chicago and Transformers Dark of the Moon oh, how could we forget uh, having her go there and do a similar thing of like, well, you know me, fix it. I was like, oh, that's a nice change. And then I really love the blowback of it being her dad being like, you didn't fix shit. Like you're an idiot. You're so still good. a stupid kid. I was like, damn, that's a fucking cool way to do that. I like that a lot. And so it's been nice to see that. It, you know, when we started the season, I was very much like, wait, does Amber know or does she not know? Because again, we're playing a little bit with timelines from the comic to this. I was like, okay, she knows that's great. I've enjoyed watching how they're playing with her relationship. Obviously, I mean, we've talked about it before, but I forgot about the Saiyans seance dog versus science dog yeah. thing so when he showed up at the door i was like oh right like this is even a different way than how science dog showed up in the comics and stuff it's they're they're the little twists the little tweaks like that you know again like um uh him having to go to atlantis or atlantean or whatever the hell it was called right and participate in the marriage ceremony like if you remember in the comics it was he was going there to marry somebody and the way they got out of it right is that he got there and found out that there was another guy there who's already in love with her and so he helped him look like a badass by beating that thing or whatever so like little stuff like that's interesting enough i you know i think they're doing a great job with uh, uh not shapeshifter uh shift shape well he's got a name i can never keep straight ever I'm enjoying how they're playing with him and all the interplay of like i'm just a normal person shape smith shape smith running in a normal on this and like they're doing a lot of little fun stuff like that a lot. I don't remember, and I again, I'm rusty. I don't remember uh, duplicate and this conversation with Rex about like I I'm as old all the lives. I was like, oh, that's an interesting. That sounds new to me. That's an interesting way to spin why you'd be into this and what you're getting out of this situation. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was just more of a little kind of joke way to explain the age yeah. difference. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I didn't take it serious. I was, I was very much like, oh, she's just trying to stick it to Rex Blow. I think, yeah. and again, though, but I think even getting an eye into that relationship at all is interesting. I don't remember getting a lot of duplicate talking about that. Uh, stuff I wrote down for my notes, right, in terms of that, I thought um, what they're doing with Debbie is interesting. I really enjoyed the support group. That's not how it played in the comics and the comics. And again, I always say this is how they did it. They could still do it in future episodes, right? But she found a sympathetic ear in the tailor who made the superhero costumes because, yeah. of course, he had known, Art. thought he had, thank you very much, Mark Hamill. He th exactly. He thought he knew Omni-Man so well as well. So they kind of had this shared thing. Her alcoholism, I thought, was is way turned up in the comics, which is fine. I'm enjoying this look at her grieving a bit more. I really, really liked this aside of, her talking to David, right? And being like this. And then as soon as she starts to confess, I'm like, oh, don't, like, do, don't that. do that. Yeah. And, and then to get shut down and get thrown out. I mm. thought that was really cool. And again, I don't, I, I don't ever remember her interacting with the green ghosts, husband slash boyfriend or whatever, like our partner. So that was really good too. Um, those are the ones I jotted down that spoke to me. Otherwise, yeah, it's been like, did this happen here? Okay, yeah, it did. Okay, but you know, our follow up on that kind of. Do thing. we think that that was the last we'll see of this support group and that dude? Probably. Because it, I mean, it felt like they were kind of like putting a bow at the end of that. Yeah. Whatever that little situation was. I wouldn't throw it past them to have 
a, them cross paths just to throw her off when she's getting back up to speed on doing whatever and then have that happen. I think I'll, well, I won't talk about what's to come. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could see it as closure later on. Like, right, right now, her thread is very much like, you know, grieving, getting over what just happened with Omni Man. Oh, yeah. And like, I think her fucking slamming the kitchen uh, drawer. That was awesome. Just was break awesome. down and tearing apart the house. Yeah, yeah. So I think like this is probably like her at her lowest. And I'm sure like once she starts that process of healing, when she gets there, I'm sure she'll run into David Diggs again and he'll be like, hey, I'm sorry. And that's what will be interesting. I, yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> Greg wants to spoil it. So, so many things they could do here. One thing I loved seeing was the uh, little pocket dimension situation of the the midnight city or whatever it was called yeah like, uh, dark wing too. right yeah oh my all, god all that stuff like, it was so good and like as i was watching it, i was like oh my god i remember reading this like, yeah right, I remember right, right how it looked and like they just translated it so well and like the batman animated series red skies and like even just dealing with the, like essentially batman and a batman 2 like robin becoming Batman, like all that stuff i just thought was like so cool and like it's awesome that because the tone of the show is so dialed in and they're they're allowed to quote unquote go there. It is fun that like they don't need to just like say fuck all the time for it to like mean something. It could just kind of be like a, a visual shift of how things are looking that really kind of all of a sudden like raises the stakes in terms of how much weird science and magic and all the superhero shit is going on and like yeah, this world universe exists and these characters deal with this shit. It's not weird to them. Shouldn't be weird to you. Let's just yeah. go. So like they can like dive into the deeper version of what normally would be a conversation that took a season to get to a reveal. The reveal happens immediately. In season one, did we have any of Paul F. Tompkins as the narrator? They drop that in here, which is literally, you know, word for word out of the comic when, you know, uh, even, yeah, exactly. When they jump around to cut, get away from the sex scenes in the comic. Mm. Like I thought they, when they dropped it, I was like, oh, that's a funny little callback. I was like, did they ever, you haven't used him though before, right? I don't remember, God. but I really liked it here. Yeah, it I worked. It worked really well. Super right? fun. Yeah. Alan's great. I love Alan. So like, and, I, and I, Seth Rogen's doing a great job with him. You know what I mean? Andy wants to make fun of his Donkey Kong. Uh, <laughs> he's crushing it here. I really enjoy his like portrayal. Euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I I don't think there's a single voice actor that I'm like. Eh, not that I'm not eh about it at all. What I find interesting, even after doing an entire season and interviewing the man about him, I went for uh, Walton Goggins, uh, right, to be uh, Cecil. Mm -hmm. He's it so sounds so much not like him. Where I think he has such a distinctive voice, he's playing it so subdued, like who, how he talks. I think, granted, I'm thinking of like. Righteous gemstones, like get your nerd ass shit away, boy. But I mean, like I've heard him in other shows. Like right. I remember him from Sons of Anarchy. I've seen him in other stuff that I liked him in a lot. And so, you know, I'm very excited for the Fallout show with him. Oh my if god, it, yes. If it, if, it, if it, how it's gonna be, who knows? But like, you know, like I really enjoy his Cecil a lot. Yeah, and of course, uh, the next Karate Kid. He was one of the the oh my people god. that came down from the school gym. <laughs> In the swamp. Well, what have I told oh. you, Buster? There were some people doing karate, and they sent in like SEAL Team Six into this school. Like, it, was, it, was this, it was this assault force. Was, you got to do what you got to do. It was unbelievable. They have drugs in there. Like, you got to take them out. Like, why are we escalating this right here? Um, Shout out to the scene where the um, what are the underwater people called? Is that like Atlantis? Atlanteans? Atlanteans. Atlanteans. Yeah, Atlanteans. yeah, that scene where um, you know Mar uh, Cecil sent him down to like go and like. You know, marry the princess or queen or whatever it was, right? And like, they're like, "Oh no, we changed our policies." Like, you're fighting a big fish monster. I thought that was really entertaining. Yeah. Also, the like just looks of all these aliens. Like, there's so many fucking aliens, and like, it's cool. Like, normally you see like, oh, there's like three archetypes to stick with. Here, it's like episode to episode, we're dealing with completely different looking creatures with completely different looking like color schemes. But like, it 
doesn't feel like too much. I don't know how this show can be so successful at not overwhelming, even though it is the most overwhelming thing ever. Like there is so much in this, so many characters with weird names that are kind of like names we know from other superheroes, but they're not. But there's just something about it that like, it feels like it never loses its path. It feels like it always knows what it's saying. And it's just like, just fucking trust us. Just fucking trust us. And I'm like, I do. I really do. One complaint that I will have about all of the different superheroes, and this is mainly about season one, going back and rewatching that. I just, I do not vibe with a lot of the different costume designs for a lot of the different guardians that are, that eventually kind of die immediately. They, they just all look like, uh, what's that one superhero MMO where you just you can go to like City Heroes? City Heroes, you just make a little crazy. So you're character. not talking shit about DC Universe Online, I know. No, yeah, they, <laughs> they they really kind of just felt like uh, uninspired in some ways, and maybe it's just because they die immediately. So who cares? But um, looking back at that, I haven't really had that feeling in season two, though. Luckily, um, but yeah, that's one of my little nitpicks from season one. If y'all haven't seen season one, I mean, to the overwhelming nature of it, like jumping into season two, there were moments where I had to remind myself, like, you know, when we first see Immortal, I'm like, all right, who's he again? What's his superpowers? And what's his relationship to Mark? And then, like, very quickly in, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's this guy. And same with Alan, where I was like, oh, is Alan the same guy who met him in the, on the moon or whatever it was? And then, like, more he talks, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that guy. I like that guy. Right, cool. Remember, he was sent to the wrong planet. Dude, he went to the wrong planet. Yeah, you're at Earth. Like, it's so freaking funny. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, and also, yeah, the, the narration kind of recapping that for you also, like, helps out a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Having a great time. We have one episode left. Really excited because, yeah, Robert Kirkman has been hyping up the finale of part one of season two and the finale of season two part two which still doesn't have an official date but we'll be getting four more episodes sometime in 2024 oh i didn't know that yeah oh i I was gonna say that might actually be one of my few complaints is that like man i i I needed more than four episodes like this was this was too quick um, oh, I didn't know that. And I don't, I don't feel like waiting for this thing. <laughs> I know it's a nice like complaint to have, but it's like, check oh. out the Adam Eve special. It might as well just be a an episode. <clears throat> yeah, right. I legitimately okay. just thought it was an episode of the show. Yeah, and it's it's just as good. And yeah, like and you were talking about the animation quality. Like man, compared to season one, it is such a step up. It is still the same art style, and I feel like I'm with you that sometimes it's a it's a little bit, especially comparing it to Scott Pilgrim, which is like so stylized and dialed in. This is kind of like a little bit more simple but like it looks it it reminds me of any of like the dc animated properties which still like look good i just kind of wanted a a bit more like when your favorite cartoon gets a movie made of it and it just jumps up in production that's what i was kind of hoping to see like suddenly this look where everything's got highlights and multiple levels of shadows and stuff and a lot of that goes to budget and that's why as great as this cast is, I'm just like, do we need all these celebrities? <laughs> what we, I like that it has a style. We put some of that budget towards, you know. Yeah, money. my thing is, like, I'm happy with it because, like, it. I feel like it, in, if it was that, it would be a more traditional animated feature or animated, not feature, but animated thing, which means it wouldn't be eight 50-minute episodes right. of a drama. Mm-hmm. It would be a bunch of 20-minute episodes, and, like, it would take literally forever. If, right. For me, I feel like I, and I feel like the art style gives me Saturday morning cartoon vibes in a way that I appreciate. Yeah. Like, there's something nice about how simple it is for me where I, I kind of dig in when it when you get into the like the big action moments it is almost like oh shit like this has the stuff right like the art style might be a bit like okay cool they've got the movement but man. when they get into the movement it's like no this is fine like i like yeah this. there's a momentum to the the editing of the animation and the the fight scenes that like we saw a lot in like the finale of season one but i feel like every episode this season's had at least a couple minutes of like the oh, all right this is where they're putting like the effort in but what i appreciate about season two uh the most in terms of a jump of quality is 
Season one had so many scenes that are just people talking and there was nothing on the screen moving. It was just like maybe just like their mouths, but like otherwise like their faces are just there. No background elements moving at all. I feel like this season's kind of solved that problem. Like there's always something going on and like there's just a lot more texture aliveness to it all and yeah it, it feels like i don't it never sits on something long enough for me to just be like uh that there's there's not enough budget here mm-hmm. now i'm just kind of like oh shit like what's happening next like in, enthralled with the whole story any closing words on invincible season two episodes one through three can't wait for more can't. episode four is this week yeah oh yeah and then how long is the gap between we don't know yet but okay. 2024 early 2024 is what they said but okay. then in recent times they've just been saying 2024 so episode four thanksgiving night yeah that's kind of a weird one that is weird watch it with your family that is exactly <laughs> put it on no context <laughs> let us know in the comments below what you're thinking about invincible season two if you're not watching it watch it it is so so damn good we do not deserve uh shows like this although maybe we do we do. We, we do. do. Yeah. Go watch Scott should. Pilgrim also. Yeah. Go watch Scott Pilgrim. Go watch <laughs> Gen V. Watch it all. Don't watch Suits. Bye. <laughs>